0: And welcome to episode thirty of the Pro Painted Podcast. Uh, we are back for what is essentially our, uh, our Christmas show, I guess. Unfortunately, um, we're not in old school TBS tradition, sat around a table in a grimy Weymouth pub having a few pints. So I'm afraid you're stuck up to the usual, you're stuck to the usual Skype shenanigans. Um, however, the stars have aligned, and I am joined by both of our super amazing um, co-hosts. Uh, and shining in front of me on the screen on Skype, I am joined by Ian Gilmore. How are you, buddy? I am very, very good, Matt. Excellent. How are you? Very good. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you by the prospect of the imminent Christmas?
1: Oh, nine and a half. Oh, okay. I like
0: that. Being a big fan yeah. of Christmas myself, I'm on the 10. Oh, how lovely. Yeah, I love that. And yeah. uh, we, are, of course, joined by... The 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 god the Rodfather. Let's be honest. I mean that is the that is the name. The only name I can use. I'm of course joined by Rob Ellis. How are you, bud?
2: I'm right, mate. How are you two? You okay? Yeah, good. And how are lovely listeners slash fans out there?
0: One good. Wait for a response from listeners and fans, and continue. (laughs) Yeah. So it's great to uh, get back on the microphone. We've had a little bit of a, a longer preamble chat than we. We we have done in the past, so it goes to show that we're we're all keen to be chatting away um, for a bit of a hobby show for our listeners. So realistically, we were just saying that this is going to be our Christmas episode, Um, and then we'll do an episode in January, and that'll be a bit more of a focused kind of year in review. I'll have a good good chat about all the shenanigans and all the new releases and the stuff we've seen and and, and things like that and things GW have tried and what's been successful and what's failed maybe over the well failures not really it's not really that much to talk about but there's a, there's a few that I'd like to hit on um yeah so this is us to be honest last episode went down really well just us getting on the microphone chatting stuff so I think long may that continue it feels like it's got a bit of a an old old school TBS vibe is what people said um i know this obviously we're getting we're in a bit of an interesting period with podcasts again at the moment we've got just players starting up and they're putting out uh, content on the regular uh, face hammer as well it's kind of going through fits and bursts but they're they're putting out an awful lot of stuff and um there's a new podcast which is the i think priority role uh which is kind of a bit more focus on the competitive side and had luke morton on there um for the first episode so give them a, a little listen um you can find them on itunes and they're on twitter uh it's the priority role podcast that's run by a good 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 mate dan and uh, he's responsible for a 40k podcast so you never know a, a wild or rogue steve foot might make out might make an appearance at some point um so yeah i mean uh, we'll start start with you ian as you can tell that rob's on mute already good lad learning the way, <laughs> learning the way we've had him smoking <laughs> wheeling around his heater in his little hobby room you decided to snack on a chocolate éclair of all things you could eat while uh, yeah. about to report uh, an episode of the podcast, you know, just snacking on a Cadbury's chocolate eclaire. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. How have you been? You're,
1: yeah, really good. Yeah, been. I've actually done some stuff, which I'm very impressed with myself. Fantastic. Not, not. So, I've been um, just plodding away, doing rebasing some shit that I should have rebased four or five years ago, but finally getting around to it. But, um, yeah, so I've done some. Finished the five. Boingrot bounders, so they were all done and ready to go. So happy with them. Did some um based some spider riders.
0: Yeah. How many how many um, of the Boingrots have you got painted now? Was it just those five? Just those five, yeah. I need to do another five.
1: because um, I went them for something. Sure. There's a re- there's a reason why it was two units of five. Right. Um something I think it was something to do with the um formation? Yeah, formation of an army list at the time sure. um but yeah i done some we based some spider riders which use the i've done i did an Arachnark a while ago mm-hmm. which is kind of a red color so i've been updating the paint job on the spy, on the spiders to sort of match the aranarok so we're using some of the flesh terrors red contrast paint which is really really good sure, um I'm, I'm... Very, very impressed with it
0: how we've been using that, then, so you're, you're well, tying it in with an older, a model painted so, differently. So how does that so happen? The,
1: the the spider, spider this, these spiders which i updated were fully painted, and over the like the back of the the bulbous bit at the end, back of a spider, um, they were kind of a the uh, thorax.
0: Oh, cheers, Rob, for that. Um, <laughs> He's got back on mute now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, so words he's uh, of, words of the day with Hrod
1: Ellis. Yeah, he comes in. He comes in like a footnote, and then goes away again, doesn't he? <laughs> um, so they were like a um, quite a natural snake snakebite leathery type colour. Um, so I just whapped a load of flesh terrors red over the top of that, and then added like a some stippling of, um, I think it was Evil Suns and Wild Rider. Right, and okay. And then an, ed- an, edge- an edge highlight just to like tone it, to make it a bit more, so it didn't just look like a um, one tone, if that sure. makes sense. yeah, of um, But I also used it for the uh, the legs and this more segmented areas. I highlighted them up as normal using, like, um, I think it was Evil Sun Scarlet, Mephiston Red, Evil Sun Scarlet, Wild rider and then Jaco Orange, and then use the flesh tone as red just to as a blend. So it's like um, just putting it over the top, and so it's kind of blending all the reds into the black, um, which work quite well as well. Yep. So yeah, fairly really happy ha- with it. Really happy with that. Yeah, it's kind of it's um, it's quite the one. I haven't used a lot of the contrast paints so far, but the ones I've used have been very impressed with. Yeah, um, they definitely got the. Um, strengths, um, and I suspect the different colours need to be used in different ways and different. Um, I th- I think this is very theoretical, but I think that depending on the texture of the model, they need to be thinned down differently.
0: Yeah, you've um, also you've also got with with the contrast paints is that they've all got different consistencies.
1: Yeah, so I think it's going to be a bit trial and error, but what works and what needs to be done because I used the um some of the flesh ones before and they worked really nicely but I think they need to be thinned about 50-50 to get it more subtly on the on the areas where you've got the harsh folds um but yeah yeah I' impressed so I've done that now I'm working on um I moved on to do some wolf riders now we basing okay. them which i don't I'm not even sure if they still exist in the game
0: but um I think they're gone. Well, wow, I think yeah. I think they're still usable.
1: Yeah, but I am doing them anyway. But I, I think there is going to be a. Um, I got the feeling there is going to be a Wolf Rider type um, destruction book next year at some point oh, because you, of the.
0: Oh, you do do. You? Yeah,
1: because well, the shade it seems to the shade spire seems to be the, you know, they did the gloom spite and shade spire, and then the gloom spite book came out. True. Now, now they've done the Wolf Riders, so. I would be that surprised.
0: Has that run true for any other Chase
1: Firewall y- Yes, they did the. Um, I can't think now. It was definitely the Gloom Spite because there was two of them. Um, the Dark Oath. This was a Dark Oath one? Yeah, that, that was That, came after. Out. that was Yeah. After. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say yes, it definitely holds true. <laughs> but... Fair with enough. no with no further evidence that this is actually the case um
0: cool. no, that's fine
1: but there's uh, one of the um like the you know the the teas as Gw do on a weekly basis
0: yeah
1: um one of those looks a bit like a in my eyes anyway looks like a uh, rock lobber so it looks quite orky. right so so I, I think because that seems to have uh, so yeah I think that might be. Yeah, on the horizon maybe. Okay.
0: more um... So you're you're predicting um, the the classic combination. So you're saying the classic combination of wolf riders and rock lobbers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, essentially. So it'll be um, some and more sort of I'd imagine it'd be like things like bull buys, the traditional orcs, which aren't really covered by the um, iron jaws and salvage orcs in the recent book yeah. and um, sort of more um, like a little caravan of you know, just, you know, old school greenskins. Old, old school
2: greenskins yeah.
0: yeah. I think they're gone. I think they're dead. There's dead, dead a, com- a, com-
2: a, a common sight on the steps of... Uh... <laughs> Of <laughs> Western fucking Mongolia was the old fucking ballistas and catapults, wasn't it? Um, so a fa- favored weapon by the hunt. I, I yeah. believe.
0: I believe. I, I believe Genghis Khan was a bit of a fan of a trebuchet. To be fair, mm. yeah. Or yeah. Maybe yeah. Siege warfare. I guess. I may be wrong. Chuck him on some wheels, isn't I? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <Okay>. It's cavalry. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's not okay. cavalry. It's got fucking wheels, mate. <laughs> yeah. Back on mute. <laughs> <laughs> this is the mute update, Rob is on mute yeah, it's an interesting feature on Skype that it now tells me when people are on mute so I can let Rob know yeah. if there's any issues Yeah.
1: so yes yeah, so that's what I've been up to um, and planning ahead for next year I've also finished I finished some the Shadespire, um Fast Riders which are the Stormcast yes. Eternals from the first season of Warhammer Underworlds so I finished all of the warbands for the first season now. So I'm going to sell them all, I think, in the new year. Okay. Awesome. So I'm going to um, yeah, chuck them up on Twitter, or eBay, see where anybody wants them.
0: Yeah, well
1: worth the effort um, painting them then. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey ho! It was mainly <laughs> um, it was they, once they they were half they were half finished because I was messing around with um, the gem paint. Sure. You, yeah. Do the up uh, to do the like the tinted armour. Um, so they were worth nothing when they were half finished. So I thought I might as well finish them. Um, but just messing around with trying to do it in a very cold colour scheme. So we used blues, whites, black, and that was it. So on with some snow base into a very um yeah, stylized. Yeah, quite like them. Cool. But, yeah. Fantastic.
0: Mm. And um, we've been having a bit of a chat, and um, obviously Chris has announced the dates for his tournaments for next year. So that's um, at the Black Sun. uh, So Chris Tomlin, formerly of the the Black Sun podcast, has announced his dates for his tournaments for next year, Uh, one of which is uh, Tomorrow Burns, which is um, his event in Weymouth, which is where I live, as does Chris. And you're coming along. That's the plan, yeah which I'm very so, excited by I can't remember the last time I saw you at a tournament South Coast two years ago uh,
1: no I think I went to one Oh, you to Paddy's after Paddy's Hangover yeah so yes. that, so that was, I was running the
0: painting masters at the time
1: so the, and that might be the last one that was January last this year this year,
0: this year. last yeah this year Internet. it was in January because yeah, it was previously it was um, in December and he moved it to January this year that's right yeah so it's so it's very exciting but yeah um, it definitely is for me and obviously people are gagging to see you back on the tournament scene yeah why
1: yeah (laughs) um and uh yeah so i don't know what i'm going to be taking i'm going to be having to have a look and see what what i can take with doing as little painting as possible
0: and, you've got a few um, options. I think we we said off mic you've got your Gloomspite, you're rebasing, you've got your yeah. Nurgle, um, and you've got your Iron Jaws as well. And Iron Jaws are pretty tasty at the moment. Yeah, so
1: yeah, it's going to fun. Yeah, I might. Um, I'll see what. I'm quite tempted to run the Nurgle for. Let's see if they're still rubbish.
0: Yep, well, the I mean, let's be fair. You're using them. Um, we could give you a Spanish army, a army pre the upcoming FAQ, and you know we will, we can still expect you to be on the bottom table. Cheers, Matt. Although saying that, yeah. you did when I won um, Paddy's. I can't, what was it? What was it called when it was in December before it was called Santa uh, Hangover? Age of Santa. Age of Santa. That was it. When I when I won one of those, my only game I didn't win. Uh, no, that I got a yeah, I got a draw against you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everyone else I beat you. Ian Gilmore rocks up. No, well, no. All I'm going to give you is a draw. Yeah. I thought you might have, you might have had a minor
1: win. You didn't make me. Uh, I
0: don't know. I think it's just a draw because it's the scenario where you need both objectives to win. And yeah. Oh, just yeah. Like, I'm just going to put my necklace on it that doesn't die. So, like, oh, Cheers, Ian. Yeah. You know, gamey. Gamey,
1: yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so, yeah. So, that's my... Yeah, that's my plans for the next couple of months. It's just being... you know, Then I'm going to start on... I think I'm going to start on some Death Guard in the new year. Okay, so
0: yeah. me. you mentioned about that last
1: episode. So. Yeah, so I'm still quite excited. Do
0: you want um, some? I've still got some. <laughs> yeah, I've
1: got literally, I've literally got every model now that they've released, um, including the the Japanese only ones where I bought one as pissed.
0: I remember that. <laughs> Have you bought all of them? Have you got all of? them? Yeah, yeah. I bought a box of six. Yeah. How much was that?
1: Sixty quid. No, that's not too Plus, bad. Yeah, plus the uh, was stung then for the like the import fee.
0: Oh, right, okay. that's was
1: fucking I was fuming. few How much like, was that? I think it was 15 quid. It was like Royal Mail taking the piss.
0: Yeah. Oops.
1: But hey-ho. Hey-ho, live and learn.
0: Yeah, yeah. don't get don't drunk. Go, don't go on eBay when you've had a few. Yeah, I've done that. Top tips. I've done that before. We once had uh, – we had a fantastic time with um, – Steve Phillips, one of our one of our club mates. Uh, we we basically he's he's well known for just doing silly things. Um, and one of his highlights, um, uh, that I, <laughs> a few probably a year or so ago, was he was bidding on eBay for some towel Vespid sting wings, um, and he kept getting outbid. Um, and what he was basically doing is, um, he was using for some reason his phone and his Mrs. phone. And he didn't realise they were both different eBay accounts. So he was actually beating <laughs> against himself on the eBay auction and artificially increasing the price. Which is fucking hilarious. Um so we had we had a good giggle at his expense. Um so on the note of Steve Phillips, um we'll move on to um Mr. Gilmore, how are you, my friend? I can see you're on mute. Hopefully that little unmute button's gonna untick any moment now. No.
2: Uh, I'm Mister yeah, Gilmore. when, when he cook, cook,
0: he's Mister oh, Gilmore, oh, shit, I'm fuck. <laughs> fuck that! Up, you know. <laughs> Damn it! Um, right, editing that out. I don't make <laughs> <laughs> It's a mistake-free
2: That's, podcast. That was a, that was an awesome little Steve Phillips story though. That was quite, that, why this fucking bastard keeps about bidding me. <laughs> like just imagine his girlfriend's phone pinging with a new bid. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Um, yeah, so how are you, Matt? You okay?
0: Very well, mate. Very good.
2: good. More than happy to be
0: speaking to you two with the imminent oh, arrival it, it? of Christmas.
2: Yeah, so I'd say Christmas, well, it's the, it's going to be the first Christmas where Izzy actually knows what's going on. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, she wasn't as appreciative of her presence last year, Um you know, which I thought was a bit selfish. A um, to but, me. Uh, yeah. You know, um, didn't, get a, didn't, get, didn't, get, didn't get a thank you card or anything. It was a bit, of a, bit oh. of a letdown. I think she's got to sort of perform a little bit better. We did catch, we did mention it in our quarterly review mm-hmm. uh, in September um, to be more thankful for the things we buy her. Um, she didn't take it in; just chucked her fucking rice krispies at me at the time. I think. Um, anyway, yeah. So Christmas. 10 out of 10, I reckon. I'm Brilliant. actually looking really forward to it. I'm awesome. enjoying my new job. Um, you know, you've got the Christmas decorations up, have got the lights up, and yeah, loving it. So yeah, it's all, all good in the hood.
0: Brilliant. And just out of interest, because one thing I really I really hate it, I hate Elf on the Shelf for so many reasons. Um, the, do you do Bellacor on the bed?
2: No, cause it doesn't rhyme, does it?
0: Why not? Bellacore on the bed? No, no. Wakes no, up like... in the morning. Bellerose just there, sat at the end of the bed, just looking at her. There is, there is, Believe. there isn't,
2: any, there isn't anything that rhymes with unnecessarily large centerpiece. Can you uh, on, Bellico- the, on the cause co- Bellacore on the cause. Co- Bellerose
1: yeah. on the cause. Yeah, so yeah you it can is on the shelf. Keep popping on a create a cause every day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, alcohol. That's a good way of raising a kid.
2: yeah Yeah, no I think I think we're talking about the model Bellacore, not Isabel
0: (laughs) oh right okay all right fair enough yeah I thought you just could put Bellacore in a bed and then just put put your kid on the great cause no no
2: this is is becoming weird um welcome yeah so well yeah so how how am I I'm good yeah looking forward to Christmas uh jobs going well um new job. that is not just randomly saying my job's going well um (laughs) Uh, what else? Been painting, been painting a lot. We we're obviously, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, it's, it's keeping things under wraps from now on. I think sort of sort of trying to rein the the work in progress back in and have a bit more impact when armies are sort of unveiled and whatnot. I, uh, apologies to the people that follow me on Twitter that my my account hasn't been full of that sort of stuff recently, but um, I think people will appreciate the final product a little bit more. So. Yeah, been uh, been doing a lot of NMM, um, and I find I think I find the same thing the other night. That I think I've uh, finally started to crack it. Um, obviously, the biggest thing that I sort of found, you know, going into and when really you look at those sort of figures, is sort of the biggest. You know, you obviously you've got you've got to be really sort of clean with your blends and all the rest of it, but it's also um, you know where to put highlights and shades and you know all that kind of like placement of, of of your highlights and whatnot you know makes or breaks that kind of effect so of uh,
0: it's a massive, obviously... massive part of it isn't it and yeah you, yeah just just for those who may be listening um uh what rob means by this is non-metallic metal yes yeah, sorry explain um, those abbreviations
2: yeah, yeah yeah, so um and you do see some you know that there, there are some you know although you know there are some uh, sort of examples out there that, um, how can I sort of put it diplomatically, yeah, are technically well painted because the placement isn't right in some, you know, even like one armor panel, you know, you could have a model where the, 80% of the model, the placements are right and all the rest of it, the blending's really neat. And if you just get, you know, one bit that's like where the highlight isn't where it should be or the shading isn't where it should be, you can throw the whole effect off. Um, and, you know, so it's it's really been sort of learning that, obviously using a lot of um, reference material. And, you know, again, it's, uh, it's a little bit difficult uh, sometimes when you're dealing with um, uh, models that are heavily converted because, you know, it's quite easy to think, what you know, say, for instance, you bought you know, a GW stock model and there was someone, you know, like, say, I know it's a bit sort of... Um, OTT in as far as someone's first attempt, but the Darren Latham's um, Lord Celestin that he's done on foot, or you know, even going back to like the Sanguinal that he did with the Heavy Metal Painting Guide, um, you know, but even painting those, you've got a, a full model that's you've got all the reference photos there. Whereas with um, a lot of these heavy converted stuff that I'm working, on especially Egrim who I'm doing it with, um, you know, there's Obviously, parts of him are some from other parts of models and whatnot, but it can be quite hard to find reference material that's specifically from that miniature. So I've been on Pinterest quite a bit, and I think I mentioned it in a couple of podcasts back, just going through and not just models, but studying. Um, there's a lot of uh, use. This is a great tip for painters out there that want to perhaps learn techniques or um, depending on how they're – because I'm very much we, – we've, we've mentioned it before, the way my brain works, I'm quite – I think technical is the wrong word, but like, you know, very process driven. I like it in work. Do you know what I mean? You know, know, someone can some painters are talented enough to pick up a model and just paint it and create an effect just off the bat, you know. Whereas I'll I'll need to know what stage one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten are, and then just replicate those stages if that makes sense. So I'm quite I'm quite good paint I'm quite good painting off of painting guides and things like that and replicating effects um and again we've we've said it before in the past about you know if you you know i like quite a good uh drawer as it were but i'm quite good at copying like you know show me a picture or something i can draw it but if you said to me to you know draw that without seeing the the reference then um i'd probably struggle so um going back to pinterest is finding um There's a lot of stuff on there that, um, a lot of tutorials on how, um, graphic designers for you know things like video games or just general graphic design. Um, obviously, the majority of uh digital software out there for sort of our artistry is layer based, so, um, you know, whether it's old school Photoshop or even using the um. The Apple Draw app, which you know, they use with the uh, Apple Pen and stuff. It's all, it's all layered, it's all layers and you do effects and you can, you know, it means you can undo stuff and separate it and create different filters and whatnot. And that's very much, that's kind of what painting and miniatures like, you know, if you think about it, you know, you're building up layers and stages and, and whatnot. So a lot of tutorials about how, you know, you go in with a, you know, how you sort of build up blends and how you, sort of perhaps blend bigger areas first and then sort of focusing on the highlights afterwards and all the rest of it rather than trying to hit it all at once uh and trying to you know just pushing paint around endlessly um actually approaching it in those kind of layered stages um really does help. it sort of really helps with my brain understand how things are rather than just going oh that's a good paint job i'm going to try and Sort of do that, you know. The, you know, someone breaks it down, and that's, you know, again, it's why the we've, we've said on the last couple of episodes the Darren Latham videos are so good because he he shows you, you know, exactly. I mean, not obviously, other video uh, tutorials do, but in the way that he does it, and the, you know, the um, the sort of effect that he ends up getting, you know, is so such a, to a high standard. But because he breaks it down so easily. And it's also simply, it's you know, like we said before, it's very makes you want to pick up a paintbrush and go and do it. I mean. And that's the, the sort of fantastic things about it. So, yeah, I've been looking on um, on that and sort of for, for reference material. But as I was saying to Ian, it's kind of, I'm starting to see, um, you know, look uh, and look at a figure now and, you know, I'm looking at Egrim's throne or sort of sad, throne slash saddle that sits on the back of the the dragon that he's going to be sat upon um you know i can by just by looking at it now i can see you know where i'm going to be putting the the highlights where the where the shades are going to be going you know where the blends are where the transitions how tight the transitions are going to be or how broad they're going to be you know um i guess it's just getting your eye in for the particular technique and i think you know the the again we said last night didn't we it's just just diving in and, and doing it, you know, don't be afraid to to tackle a technique, you know, if you know, I, I guess it's a little bit different if it's you know, if you're if you're painting a model that you spent, you know, months and months and months converting and sculpting or whatever, you know, perhaps there is that hesitancy to dive right in with a technique, uh, which is what I've precisely what I've done. So don't take my advice with you know, do as I say, not as I do. Um but uh you know just you know if you wanna you know, pick up a model and you know, just grab a storm cast or something that's got pretty f- straightforward sort of edges and whatnot. Um, and just give, give the technique a go and, you know, you'll, it'll only take you one or two figures before you start getting confident and, you know, uh, you'll be away then. I know it's not, um, so your, your most favorite kind of effect painting technique map, but, I mean, do you agree with the overall sort of premise of, you know, my, not just NMM, but other stuff, you know, it's, uh, it's applicable to all sorts of techniques, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was actually speaking to um, over the French guy um, and he's only been in the UK a few years. And he one of the things he says with languages is and I'm the same with with learning is I don't just want to know the end result um, or know what The answer is I want to understand the process or understand why that's the case
2: yeah it's knowing the why
0: isn't it exactly and i think when you when you see something that's why with a a book or obviously white dwarf or games workshop's been doing painting articles for so long they're great but sometimes you look at the photo and go what but where you, you've got someone who's able there to talk you through it so that's why youtube's so good for painting um not only actually do the technique but talk you through the thought process of it
2: yeah yeah where
0: it works particularly well in my eyes
2: yeah, 100%. You yeah. nailed it. And then those old painting, play- mean, it used to be, you know, it's a bit of a cliche now, but some of the old painting guides were step one base coat, your thingy, step two, you know, sort of like, step one undercoat, step two base colours, step three golden demon. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. you know, well, there's book, no...
0: for profit. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, no, it's all, it's all good. And I think, you know, just sort of jumping in deep and the, the one thing I, I kind of did regret or have sort of, uh, you know, come to the real, not regret necessarily, but come to the realisation is um, obviously with doing, you know, Igrim, I always wanted to try that sort of, I think using air quotes, that sort of hyper sort of shiny armour effect. We've, you know, spoke about it for quite a few times now that, you know, you see on space marines and, you know, on a lot of uh, sort of high-end sort of armour, tech you know, technique. Um uh, but it was never sort of set in stone what the sort of the metallics were actually going to be. Whether they were going to be normal metallics or do you know whether I was going to try and tackle that non-metallic look. Um, and I so said I'm you know quite happy with how it's coming along on Egrim himself. And you know I I, I knew full well that you know uh, obviously his dragon has quite a bit of armor plating on him. Um, so I knew that that would be. You know, sort of get my eye in with the smaller miniature, and then obviously proceed to to do the bigger the bigger uh, areas on the the dragon armor. Um, but then I was thinking about the rest of the model, and the dragon is sat atop a ruined, num- numinous oculum. Is it? Um, I think it's an oculum something. Yeah, and obviously with the big like metal sort of a ca- you know, s- s- spherical cage. You know, the spherical sort of. Bit of it, you know. You, every, everyone should know the the bit of Stormcast slash AOS terrain that I'm talking about, um, and it's got you know like the the sort of statues and whatnot that on the box are, are you know golden and all the rest of it. So I realised that I'm going to have to do like this massive terrain sort of but, sort of base thing in um, non-metallic metals to make it not look weird, and the rest of the model is on it, which is going to be really, 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 really tough. Um but I, I did think well with the with, with some of the statues, um this is what led me on to another technique, um with the brickwork is just gonna be sort of just normal brickwork. Um but the statues rather than doing gold and I thought it'd contrast well quite well with the um sort of the really colourful dragon and all the rest of it that's gonna be sat atop it. The 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 fallen statues be do uh, like try out marble. Okay. Um yeah. To so do like a really light, you know, do the sort of the stonework in a in the similar sort of uh well the same sort of stonework color as uh, the the uh realm gate that Tom Bellicor's base, but then do the the statues on the base like like quite a light, you know that the, that really light uh, marble that you see, Um, which will sort of you know hopefully balance you know with a quite monochromatic base then, but being quite bright, you know quite contrasty with the Bright white of the of the um, of the marbled statue scattered across the base will almost give it that same sort of impact as if it were to do like a snow basing almost because you have that contrast there on the base. Yeah, um, it's a very very so,
0: strong, isn't it? Very new. It's almost more neutral than white in a way.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it'd be you know, it'd be nice to you know, have a different texture and different. You know, try out another technique as well. But then I also remembered that I've got a dead. Stormcast on the base of it as well. Um, and he was going to be Hammers of Sigmar, but I don't think I can stomach doing a, a whole you know dead castle on the base full non metallic metal. So you might have to be, um, I mean, you don't I mean... might have to cheat. And it, well, the 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 good stormcast, the good Archeon stormcast army that I was always planning to do were going to be based around, um, sort of because they were going to be the whole fluff behind it was that the. The liberators and whatever other stormcast that were made up from that made up the army were ex like chaos chosen and chaos warriors that had actually turned you know so going to be kind of almost like quite mean looking um, stormcast, but not fully chaos, but kind of like that kind of like neutrally kind of look, um, and there was obviously going to involve quite a bit like hooded heads and. Um, longer cloaks and stuff like that um, and I was going to do them I've always wanted to do like a black templary kind of templar-y kind of armour or army um, so I was going to do them based off like a basically paint them like Faringard that kind of colour you know um, or anvils of Hildenhammer or whatever the black ones are um, so you know, it doesn't have to I, th- I think that would be a good opportunity to try out the um, the black armour recipe that uh, Darren did on the the video thing for the Raven Guard sure, um, which would be quite good, only uh, you have to be certain bits of them that will be gold and I like, can stomach, just about stomach doing them as non-metallics but yeah, I'm not going to do them as a hammers of a sigma, full on non-metallic metal storm casks, I'll just do me head in
0: I mean, I, I actually think there's no issue with doing a mix of the two doing metallic and non-metallic metal do you disagree?
2: Um, I just think it would look a bit. I, I don't know necessarily with perhaps you know the storm cast on the base maybe because you know he's it's quite it's quite obviously he's part of a different sort of army as it were. I mean the fact that he's going to be mainly black anyway. Like I said so the gold trim on him and stuff I could do as normal talent metal and I'm quite looking forward to that. You know I was thinking about it and some of the you know I've obviously I've um, said that I don't want to. I want to use a, an airbrush as least as possible. Um, but even doing um, quite big blends on you know, quite, on, sorry, blends on quite big pieces, it's actually easier than, you know, it's, it's the medium, like really, really small areas, it's, it's easy to achieve a, a really good blend, and really, really big areas are as well. It's the medium-sized stuff that's can be a bit of a pain, um, so... Yeah, I, I sort of came to the realization I'm going to have to do some of the base in non-metallics. It just is what it is. I think it'll, uh, you know, the overall model will look, it will look good. Um, but yeah, I think the mix would look a little bit weird, especially if it was on the the same model. You know, um, you know, if I did some of the dragon, the armor panels on the dragon in, like uh, you know, with Retributor armor, gold or whatever, I think it would look a little bit weird next to. Uh, non-metallic metal elements but
0: i think for me it's kind of plays on something that i know byron's mentioned in the past is the idea of having um text different textures
2: yeah Uh, i know
0: it's i know it's two techniques of doing a certain thing but i i I quite like the idea of having a non-metallic element and a and a metallic element not that i personally would do that because i don't like non-metallic metal but i think it's something to consider
2: yeah 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 and i think um it's just like, well, like you said, the different different um, textures. I think one thing that I was um, that I was thinking was doing uh, just some of the armor panels on the, on the, the dragon. Um, they're from they're com- they've been converted out of the armor panels from Magnus the Red, uh, like his thigh armor and chest armor and stuff, um, and perhaps doing the inlays, um, almost like a a gloss finish, like it's almost like a ceramic kind of sure, finish. Sure, that would look um, Yeah, you, know, uh, you know, and, and that would do them almost like a, like a white ceramic um, with the, you know, with the gold trim and then with the, you know, the high sort of like the purples and the blues of the actual dragon skin itself, I think would contrast quite well. Um, but again, I, I'll probably test. It. I've got a couple of spare bits of the, armor you know smaller armor panels and perhaps test it out on, on one armor panel just to see what it looks like you know a spare one that I've got you know in my bit box or something um, before I commit to actually doing it on the model because it would perhaps take quite a bit of you know I wouldn't want to paint up the, the non-metallic metal trim and the middle bit and everything and then it not look right you know on a big model so yeah it's uh, plenty plenty to do plenty to be getting on with really sort of pumped about it and I think we'll go cover off my thoughts on the overall composition of the Zinch army, because that lends itself to a conversation we'll have about the Slaves to Darkness release a little bit later, because that's helped and hindered me, Matthew, with the price changes and the war scroll changes. Yeah,
0: yeah just a bit. But I think overall, yeah. I think overall, you can consider it a boon.
2: Well, yeah, well, yeah, a hey, boon, a boon of Zinch. Yeah. Exactly. Um Yes. We'll cover that, we'll cover my thoughts on that in a bit, because it, it does mean me painting more miniatures than I initially thought, but then but you, less in some other areas.
0: You do potentially have access to some pretty sweet models to work with as well. True. At least that's my thoughts. Um, so, should I go on to a bit of my own my own hobby shenanigans? Yeah, you go for it. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Um, so, I th- don't think we've recorded since Bone Reaper's... Have been released, if memory serves. I think I went through my initial ideas, um, and my kind of. I think they'd
2: been revealed, but I don't yeah. think they'd come out.
0: Yeah, so I'm so I'm unsurprisingly fully behind the Bone Reapers. Um, I managed to f- get my first model, Voc-Motion, um, out the, out the gate very quickly, which I was super chuffed with. Um, again, as I mentioned before, um, I've used I, I basically used inspiration from Darren Latham, and I really want to make this the best the best painted army as I've ever done um but at the same time making it achievable um to get it on the table within a decent time frame um so I've taken a lot of his techniques um forward to the army so it's it's not it's the first time I've ever um not gone down the approach of base coating washing highlighting up uh, a key core of his technique is he you know base coats and also uh, you know two thin coats and everything has always been a bit of a thing that you do and now I, I generally tend to do that uh, with base coats but with his technique is that the base coats himself and it's still i think it's mental but it does work really well is that he waters down those initial base coat layers with about half 50 50 water um and I I found it really difficult to kind of get into that process because just painting something like MorTex Guard where there's so much detail, um, getting a nice base coat on those takes three four layers in the initial base coat. But once it it comes through, it looks great. You it, it gives you such. A, it's almost like a. It's almost like you've dual coated your models. I, I'm really really am a big fan of that. Um, so something simple as that, as your initial base coat being three, four layers of just your base coat is something I'm really, really not used to. Um, and then also what he does is he, his first, he does a first stage highlight, so he mixes in a lighter colour with the base coat first, doesn't wash the entire model, but then just starts doing recessed washers. Then when the recesses are done, you know, you go forward with with your highlights. And um, this is a different process, the way I paint, but I'm really... Um, i'm really happy with the results and uh, i did my 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 vote for motion and he got uh, uh, loads of attention which is fantastic um you know i really wanted my color scheme to work so i've gone for i'm actually not painting bone in bone colors at all um i've actually gone for a base of bane blade brown uh, sorry no gawthor brown uh, which is one of the layer paints and then highlighting up with bane blade i think that's the way yeah. around yeah. Yeah. Uh no, no, yeah. it's the other way around. No. It's it's Baneblade and oh god, what's it called? Uh Bane Karnak, Bane. Karnak Stone. So it's it's Baneblade as yeah, the base yeah. and then Carrick Stone as the is, is the highlight and uh, then with white added. Um and same with the red even like the red armor panels again. I'm so used to painting red that I would I would, you know, I want to just base coat it but I've, I've gone down his route of doing it. Um white's a strong element to kind of keep the oriental theme. Um so I was super chuffed with him, and he's also got one of the Jade Blossom trees um on his base. Um so a lot of people have asked where I've got these from, whether I've made them myself. Um, the answer to that at the moment is I'm keeping quite tight-lipped. Um, purely selfish reasons in that I want the army done before revealing where I've got these things from that other people <laughs> will use and take away impact from my army. And it is it's a bit it is selfish, but At this moment in time, I want to keep that little one to myself. Um, So it was also because we've got Fetty running. So give a shout out to anyone who may have come across this in the past. So it's from Ember to Inferno 2. So myself, uh, Aaron Bailey... Paul Buckler and Chris Tomlin um probably about a year and a half ago um started doing a small uh, basically telefor for warlords telefor gamers kind of thing uh, meeting up and doing doing regular games so we've restarted that as we've all got projects we want to do going forward um but also kind of using it as an aspect of improving or adding to uh things we have at the moment so I'm starting from scratch uh, and I'm doing my bone reapers for that so the first month to kind of get us into the swing of things, get models built, is a kind of a double. So the first month runs over two months, so uh, November and December. Um, so I've got ten more text guard to paint up for that, uh, along with the terrain piece, which for the Bone Reapers, I don't, have, you, have either of you seen the, the, the faction, the, the Nexus, in person? Yeah. No, I don't think I have. It's massive. It's it's literally 12 inches by 12 inches. <sighs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> it is a big boy um, so I've kind of kept myself limited for the first instalment to get him painted because that's that's a lot of work um, so I did my first, first five Mortec tech guard um, which I've added the Ashaguru style hats um, so uh, for those I, I kind of mentioned it it's simply a case of um, just kind of making the first one with a mix of uh, green stuff and milliput um reason for that is uh, milliput is a lot better at kind of hard edges um green stuff's really nice but it's really it's it's very soft but milliput you can get a much much harder edge to it so i mix those two together to kind of steal the properties of both uh made the first one used some blue stuff made a little mold out of that and literally just a push mold um and then i've been using that um green stuff world um uv resin Oh, right, try yeah. out. so in small quantities making little hats for skeletons works really well um i haven't done anything more than that with it and then just pop them on and off a go and um, people have asked whether i'm selling these hats it's funny actually more than more than anything i think i've ever done in the past people are, oh i want to buy those want to buy those i'm not i'm not selling them just because the process is just laborious and a bit of a um Bit of, i'm doing it because i uh, for love really you know i've got 20 more tech guard to do i've done 20 hats i don't have any more plans to do anymore um it takes a bit of time and it's a bit fiddly and sometimes they don't quite come out right if you don't set it so it, it's not something i won't be I, I i'll be selling but thanks for people showing enough interest to ask um, i think there are a few things you can use um, but yeah i've got my first five more tech guard painted up um, i went with five because as much i've always been a batch painter but i think where I want to spend my time and not rush, I found five models a bit better to manage. Um, obviously, they're quite small, you know, they're on 25 mil bases. But when you've got the shields as well, you know, when you paint shields on models, especially when they're again this this detailed, you're almost adding 50% extra painting time to the models. Um, yes. So I've got the five, first five done, and that's where the colour scheme really came across, because you've got the shields, they're all holding, you know, uh, steel weapons. Um, you know, I've got the hats in place and everything. And also playing around with the basing, with the kind of the meadow theme and, and, and the trees, and just make sure that all balances out. And something I added, I bought since, is I've actually bought a mix of flock, which is the same colours as the, the blossom trees, and just kind of put a little... Little, little dabs of that on the basis to kind of tie it all in together and um yeah again i mean i'm loving them i've really enjoyed the games i'm playing um there's a lot of it's, it's a shame because when something comes out and it really appeals and you're like this is awesome but slanesh is another example um and Some armies just get so much negativity about them, so much griping. Which I don't get me wrong, I understand. You know, if something's obviously good, then it's good. But I think people just just go too far with it, and actually, I found it damaged my motivation for it a bit. And I know a couple of people, people, a couple of people feel the same. And I know that there are people who can just just ride through it. So Mike Wilson, one of our clubmates with Slanesh, you know, non-stop Slanesh gets hammered. But it's the army that he played before the book came out. He wanted to play it. He's got a list that's different to everyone else. He's enjoying it. He's doing well. He's a good player. But still, there's so much hate for Slanesh, and it is it, at times it feels like less about griping, more than just kind of a bit bit of pure hate, which is hard when people, you know, invest a lot of time and effort. and Mike's got a nicely painted Slanesh army that was at the painting masters this year. You know, it, and it's I'm not really not really trying to say anything, but I think sometimes just just throwing around a lot of negativity is, is hard when people are essentially doing an art. Um, so I've actually found it slowed me down a bit on the Bone Reapers. They've been sat on a shelf, um, the rest of the stuff assembled for a week or so, and I just had to give myself a bit of a break from painting. Um, but I'm looking forward to Christmas. I want to crack on. I want to get them done. Um, and what I'm actually going to do is with... Um, the terrain piece um i know you made a comment about the candles um on voc Motion at the back in about the the flames being a different color yeah yeah um, it's one of those things where i feel in person it, that it it's fine um you know because what i've done the the candles are like a dark blue and then i've used the highlight color and then upwards to do the candle flames which i don't don't think it actually comes across um, and what, I, what I'm what i going to do is I'm actually, I think, because one of the problems with the, the Nexus is it's it's kind of a different material.
1: Do you mean the plastic? No, what the actual... Mean
0: the... The, what's oh, on do you it? Mean it, it? Oh, right,
1: OK. So, so it's, me, you
0: it, it's stone. Yeah. So for me, actually, it's been really tricky because... The army doesn't really have much of that on it. There's a little bit on yeah. uh, catacross, uh, but isn't really much on it anywhere else. So I've been really struggling with what to do. So I think I'm actually going to try out your technique of doing the marble. Do it with the blue. So do a blue marble and use the wire wool to kind of airbrush through. Yeah. So that's something that really...
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to see how that turns out. Yeah. Uh, cause I've, it's, I think it's in theory. I've seen, I'm sure I've seen people do it, or like online. Uh, it looks really good yeah but obviously it'd be good to have your thoughts and feedback yeah of actually doing it firsthand if that makes sense
0: yeah 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 definitely and, and it's something that i'm not gonna just try out on the terrain piece i need to kind of get some similar terrain features to kind of test out test out the idea um so that's been my focus recently um i think i had um have we recorded since we did bloodshed in the shires no, I don't think, I I think so. God, that's mad. That's actually want to think about it. It's how long. Um, yeah, I think it was Raw. It was actually Raw 2019 that we actually recorded on. Actually, that's a good segue. Um, so, have you guys seen the Raw 20 uh, 2020 announcement? Mm,
1: I'm
0: going to say no. Right. I think you guys need to do Raw next year. Not only do I you think you'd love it, but um, the, the theme is... I'm going to pro- pronounce this much better than I think they do. Cock. Oh, no. Sorry. It's not cock forts it's cogforts. Because all their all their videos and everything they've done, it just sounds like cock. So it's cockforts. But to be clear, it's cog, 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 c o g, not c o c k. So in case I always get too excited. So, yeah. so yeah, the cocks have been replaced with machines. <laughs> yeah, correct. So um, okay. <laughs> So the theme is, so they do this every year. Um, they have a different theme so you're basically your your main protagonist for your army will be a cog seer and this is somebody who is so cog cog forts don't exist um at this moment in time and your cog seer is basically collecting parts collecting elements to construct a cog fort and which sounds awesome right what they're actually doing as well is they're supplying you with, with. they basically going to tell you what your Cogfort base is going to be on, and the bits that you find during your games will actually attach to your Cogfort, and they'll each have their own rules, like Buckaroo. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking more like there used to be like a, um, as a kid there used to be like a, a Gundam mech um toy range um i think bluebird did it well basically it was these robots that so you're built as kits and you press the button and they walk towards each other and arms just moved up and down and when they hit each other like it would hit like certain um pressure points and like bits like they are hit them on the arm like the arm would pop off and stuff super cool so that's in my head more what it was because you could interchange all the different bits um right. so I, I i love this idea of having you know uh, Something starting very basic, and then you play games, and you get all these different parts to put on it, and it gets all, and it get, and they have full rules and everything they're going to do for all these different parts. Just sounds amazing. I think, yeah, I'm so, I'm so super excited by that. I'd love to get you two along to that. I think you'd love RAW.
1: When is it next year?
0: Uh, October. It's in Cambridge, which is better for you to get to.
1: No. um, No.
0: Better, better than where. Better than Wayman.
1: Yeah, true.
0: I think, it's, I think it's early October, but I'll okay. I'll put the dates out. Tickets aren't on sale yet, but there's a little video which I'll link in the description, which gives you a great little overview. So keep your eyes out. Yeah,
2: it'll be, it'd be def- definitely worth look. I mean, uh, God willing, my uh, everything you know going right should uh, have my uh, my army done by well. If, if I want it done by FaceTime, is definitely gonna be done yeah. by then. So,
0: but it's also only yeah. one thousand five hundred points. Oh okay. Right. Um and the, the games escalate. <clears throat> so you start at seven fifty, I think it is. Oh nice. In, okay, in, in, yeah,
2: um
0: so I'm I'll be taking the bone reapers to that. I've already got all my ideas um, going forward for the event. I'm actually going planning to do a full cosplay for Raw twenty twenty as well. I'm gonna go as one of the um the attendants for Catacross, the samurai guy that looks like a badass and he's a bit fat, which suits me. Um so planning to get a full cosplay done. Um, so yeah, looking forward to raw next year, so I just wanted to give him a quick shout out because he literally put that video up yesterday, so me and Jen and a couple of the local lads have been going along to that um i'll We'll take a break shortly and we'll get on to a bit little bit of the events I've been to because I do want to there's been some such good events we'll have a chat about um slaves to darkness, which obviously being the big new release, kind of thoughts going forward and go from there but yeah my my hobby's been basically that i got my finally got my feck finished which i'm super chuffed with um so that's my fleshy to court my tim capello uh, so archduke capello uh which is a gunship reference uh, gunship, uh archduke capello's dark all day court um which uses something called feast day which is which is a lot of fun um and took that to a couple of events and I've been nominated at all three events. I've taken it to for best painted, which is great. I haven't won any awards. Sweet. I don't think it's award winning worthy necessarily, but I think it stands out. It gets, gets some attention, which is great. Um, it's a, I feel it's a good example of an army painted up in us, not bigging myself up, but it's painted in a, a clever way to get attention. So it's got bright basing. Um, everything's clean. Yeah. It's got a bit of a different color scheme and um, some conversions in there. Um, but yeah, that's that's my hobby. It's all all Bone Reaper focused. I actually had a couple of uh, a couple. Of, I've given myself a few weeks off just to um, just to play some video games, which has been really nice. Sometimes just to just to chill. So yeah. was, I think I had a little bit of a chat with uh, with with people um, on Twitter, and I was saying that it's like if you're not feeling it, don't don't push it, don't force it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've been enjoying the um, reading novels recently and playing on my Nintendo nice. Switch. It's, yeah switcher yeah. i've
0: been yeah. playing a bit of the pokemon
1: oh i have. I've been, uh, I've been keying in lego super villains
0: <laughs> that's not that's not for me um but yeah awesome right we'll, we'll take a quick break there and we'll come back into the main meat of the episode and go go from there right back in a minute and we're back um so before we quickly get onto the meat of the episode i just wanted to um give uh, some kind of quick shout outs um, and it kind of goes hand in hand what I've been up to. So um, Merchant Miniatures, um, they're our long running sponsor of the podcast from day one. So it's been great working with them. And obviously I've had a bit more love recently for the, um, what I use as my rogue idol in my iron jaws armor, which is their their mug. Um, and especially with slave to darkness, um, people are loving on a massive resin, mammoth model um, with a howder and crew and everything so if you're getting a bit tempted and you want one of those bad boys in your army go and check out merchant miniatures um they've also got some great new releases coming up and i think um they've just stopped in the recent offer but i'm sure something will pop up over christmas but something which is really cool is they do this feels right up rob's bag they do like a miscast like goodie bags um they put them up every now and again on the website so you can pick up some sweet um resin miscast parts uh, kind of different oh, bits nice. of different models which you can use for some pretty cool um conversions going forward so yeah please do go go check out mercia if you like what we're doing if you fancy some sweet resin goodness nobody to be honest um, and nobody touches the resin stuff they do i think gw well say gw forge world i think actually think that stuff is is inferior to to mercia stuff nowadays so go and go and Get yourself some sweet plastic crack.
2: The way he said, no, no one touches the resin. They do because it's contaminated with poison. And <laughs> um, that, yeah, no, no good. Good, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the sharpness of the sculpts, I think do you know what, like, I, I don't mean to sort of bash them um, because of you know there's other sort of circumstances around perhaps the drop off in content, but the Forge World stuff, like, it used to be the, it used to be the thing, didn't it? it? Used to be the daddy like where you'd go to for year oh my god he's got a forge what you know it's like the you go there and you get all the quality sculpts and stuff but even like just some of the i don't know if it's just a different sort of a deliberately a different aesthetic they're going for but i was so let down with how the um you know the, most, the two favorite legions that i was looking forward to them releasing for the Horus heresy stuff you know the blood angels and the space wolves and like, the sculpts just haven't been up to par at all like especially when you consider all the plastic stuff they've been doing and you look at the Mercia stuff and it just hasn't it just seems to sort of have like Forge World used to you know it's kind of gone in the opposite direction of each other almost
0: yeah and I mean they get, they, I, I they, think the thing is a big the biggest failing for Forgeworld is yes they do do nice models but look at Primaris I mean they
2: don't they, they don't know do you know what I mean like the new the, the new bloody Horus Heresy stuff like the tanks are great but the yeah. the infantry's rubbish
0: man, but it's it's old isn't it i think this is this is the yeah. this is the issue. You know space Marines that we have been using for a while are they have that dumpy look because they were you know that they, they don't really work to the scales that we're so used to nowadays um, you know they're out of proportion um, and you get primaris which addresses that and I know people have a problem with some of the new stuff like tactical and all this it's fine for me like I remember being on B- bolter and chainsaw back in the day and people were making true scale space Marines out of Terminators yeah. and stuff and it was just like yeah. these look amazing now we've got primaris yeah and we've just got an entire army of it. It's amazing. And then Forge World come out and go, oh, hi, here's our new Horus Heresy Infantry. And you're like, wow, they just look old. There's never, never something they can do about that. Those mo- yeah. Those models look old. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening with Horace Heresy is it's actually appealing to people where the model the aesthetics and the models aren't that massively important which I think that's where you start getting depreciating returns on what you're putting out so tanks and stuff vehicles ace actual infantry mm, no I think yeah. that's, that's where it's that's where it's falling apart a bit which is why I think um oh it hit while we were away at the weekend sort of with the announcement that squares are coming back so the old world oh yeah is, is not hope. dead um Strange that. Um, so I might.
2: But I th- as- Can I have my take on it quickly before? Uh, yeah, uh, um, I, I, it, I, I, I think it's going to be small scale. Well, I, th- I, I think it's going. to I think it's going to be the. The. I mean, it's been. This is not my like. This is not inside information. It's other people's opinions as well, which I agree with. I think it's going to be the the horus heresy to what the horus heresy is to. Forty K will be to AOS. Um, I was listening to Garage Hammer, or Garage Hammer, sorry, um, today, and they mentioned it, and they said, oh, you know, well, you know who's going to, you know, they're usually quite insightful guys, but I think they, they missed the key point, which um, which is why I think it's going to go more the Horace Heresy way, um, that if it is, like, like, full scale, I mean, it might be smaller scale, but if it is full scale, um, it's, you know, like, we all knew, we know how the Horace Heresy ended, but we didn't know the stories, you know, the the sort of the nuance to, to the stories. Obviously, that was supported by a massive, you know, book in novels over the last, you know, 15 years or however long it's been. Um, but I can see it being, you know, like almost like um, similar to how The Lord of the Rings work in as far as like, the you know, you've got the Pelennar Fields box set and you can just recreate, you know, recreate the the time when Tetris did a massive banishment and got rid of Bellicor's <laughs> demon legions. Well, because that was a thing in the in the old world. That was a big story. You know, recreate the time where you know Teles and and Tyrion went and saved the, the the Phoenix King's daughter from Manfred and loads of uh, you know undead, or you know just being able to you know and have these really sort of more over the top you know perhaps recreated versions of these models. You know, like a. A new green knight, or a you know, a new you know, a, a new obviously, Techlist and Tyrion are going to be in the in AOS and they're going to be this massive centerpiece and they're going to be great. Um, but then maybe recreated versions of the older models, if that makes sense. So, yeah. like you know, like a, an old school Tyrion and Techlist, but you know, um, it's a bit more dynamic perhaps than the original models were, or you know, maybe maybe the telling of the end times, but in, you know, with, with, with other, with other aspects, you know, some of the lesser told stories or there's loads of things that they could do that, you know, like I said, we, we, know, we knew, we knew that there was a drop site massacre that started the Horus heresy. And we knew that there was the burning of Prospero when the space wolves attacked the thousand suns. We knew all that happened. It didn't stop loads of people going out and buying the, figures and wanting to sort of recreate those sort of things on the tabletop. So I think that's probably what they'll do is take, you know, sort of, you almost be able to replay historic moments of the old world or, you know, perhaps expand on the old world like he did with Tamra Khan and things like that. You know, that was a completely sort of a complete offshoot, wasn't it? it almost took the um, the story in a different direction. It was almost a, that Tamra but it was almost like an alternate universe type Situation like a what if kind of thing, and you know, I'm big, you know, obviously with the Bellicor stuff that I've been sort of doing and thinking about. Then that's a that's big, quite a big appeal to me. And any more cool, there's going to be some cool models, isn't there? So if there's cool models and happy days, like yeah,
1: I think it's um, what would um, almost be a step back if they made them. If it's going to square basis, you got to rank them up as individual models again. Because that was always the, you know, you could never have the cool dynamic pauses and rank things up. No. So I think if if they do it well, I'd be quite interested to see how it's done. But I think that would be the, potentially, in some ways, it could be a step back if they're trying to to recreate what was previously done rather than trying to just do something totally new. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I do. I'm actually going to be a bit more... Um, I, I actually think it all goes back to what we were just saying. I think that Forge World is really suffering. I think they're really, really struggling. They need something. And AOS... Sorry, um, AOS it's not AOS. 8th <laughs> edition or past Warhammer, the old world is there. It's right for, the, for the milking. As Rob said, there's actually so much you can do with it sure just do it i actually think it'd be possibly mass mass miniatures i.e um the lord of the rings what's it called uh they're the mass miniature version of it
1: uh, the the battle of five armies
0: no no one. no not the epic scale one where they were on where they put all the lord of the rings models in movement trace um which had a really good rule set uh all told i never played it myself uh, i think that's where it's going i've got a feeling that it's it's Forge world needs something because i personally think primaris has really hurt their specific space marine stuff that's my thoughts and i think that's why they have taken. i also think that's why they're taking such a back step with the stuff that they were doing for aos that it's just they've just it's just kind of been left to naturally die off um but yeah well, oh, that's an interesting segue i think there's an awful lot of conversations about that um at the moment um on the aos scene. um I mean, while we're talking about, it. I mean, I'm gonna. If you don't mind, guys, I'm gonna quickly just kind of give a shout out and quick coverage of a couple of the events I've been to since we um, since we last recorded. Just so people are kind of aware of them, and you know, definitely consider them for the future. If that's all right? Yeah, definitely. awesome. Awesome. Um, so the first event I want to cover because it was spot on and making that little that little okay sign with your fingers where you're like oh that was good it was um bloodshed in the shires it got an awful lot of fantastic press anyway you know i don't need to oversell it um but it was um it was particularly great run by steve curtis um and sorry guys i haven't got your names handle, and a couple of his uh his local chaps absolutely bang on um fantastic great match play competitive event really smoothly run um food was great um you know they even had they had lanyards with your name on them and on the back of the lanyards it had all the round times and everything for each day so it's just so clever. little things like that was just brilliant yeah. so um i think those tickets next year if you want to get to that event are going to be hot so do keep your eyes open for bloodshed in the shires um it's just outside london um not far from Crowley. i can't remember where it is off the top of my head uh, but yeah fantastic i mean massive props to those guys um it, also what was great from my perspective is i had a chat with steve and um he really took on board my feedback in regards to how to approach the painting and everything um so he went from it was originally best painted which i kind of said look, best army i always feel comes across better uh, and did a top three he'd got an award for top one uh, for top one for first place so i said Dude, if you're happy to do top three, I'll do some acrylic ones for second and third place, um, which is great just for someone just to be so open and just, you know, take that feedback on board just before the event started. Um, and he asked me to come on board as well with the painting judging. So I had myself and a couple of other guys went around and did our basically our top tens. Uh, I didn't put myself in there, um, but, you know, other people did. So it was great. So I got a painting nomination at that event. And obviously it's great just to have a re- real excuse to kind of walk around and look at the armies in depth. So we've got the results up on the painting rankings for those, um, and I've got some photos as well. So I will put that up as a blog post. Uh, so that was that. Um, then we also had um, we went all the way up talking about traveling long distance. Went all the way up to Nottingham um, for Steve Ren was running the Battle for the Midnight Tomb campaign weekend, um, which we had an absolute blast at. I think it's the kind of event you two, for example, would really get a lot out of because. It's still structured as a match play event, you know. It's still inherently competitive, but you played as part of one of four different factions, and you had your results topped up over the weekend. It was quite cool. They'd done a graphic with like all the different the scores and who was who was ahead and everything, and they used the battle plan scenarios from the Forbidden Power um, supplement pack. You know, the one where you get the new endless spells and you get the uh, you get the the Oh, what's it called? What's the terrain feature with the pendulum? Not the pendulum, the um, penumbral engine. So you get that in it. Are really good scenarios? Loads of fun to play. We um, did War Cry on a Saturday night in Bugmans custom scenario, where's where a, a, a Chimeneer, a Chimera in there running around, and you're just trying to loot treasure. And it gave you cards you can actually use in your game on the Sunday. So it's like artifacts and stuff you could loot. So like all of it, all the presentation of it was great. Um, I think the only thing with that is, um, there were, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I think there was, basically, there's, from my perspective, I think there was a bit of a overall disconnect or confusion in regards to what the weekend was. Um, so, for example, you had, um, initially it was supposed to be Jimbo, uh, actually, might not, yeah, Jimbo, Mitzi and Steve were all going up. So the three narrative lads. And it drew a lot of attention from narrative players, And I don't know if I mentioned this before, I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's actually fractures within, (laughs) it's so funny, there's fractures within the narrative community as well, because you have like open play narrative at one end and you have like match play narrative at the other. So it's interesting that we have this, this differentiation of match play events and narrative events. But within narrative, there's also the, that differentiation there, so it's, it's quite interesting. Um, so it drew a lot of the narrative players, which is great, who I play with at Raw, and I've done other events, like Paul's um, earlier this year. Um, there's people like myself going, who took a normal army. I'm not, there was Slanesh there, I'm not rock, rocking Slanesh, I'm not running any net list, I'm not running anything that's that's top end. I've got a good army, which you know I'm fairly confident. I can go to most events and you know, win four games, uh, but it's a lot of fun, an awful lot of fun to play. I've got a costume, you know, it's really engaging. Um, but some people were going and they were going with this purely narrative mind frame, but it wasn't a narrative weekend. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it was so, matched play. It had narrative elements, but it's not a narrative event. So it's, event. it's
1: like a hybrid event, but it's, yeah, but from it's both. It,
0: it is, but it, this is the thing with narrative. Like how many times have we had the conversation? What is narrative? Um, and it seemed to be over the weekend, my narrative didn't fit with someone else's and it caused a bit of an issue, which is a massive shame, but you know, is what it is. Um, yeah, so that's that. So I think that was my only feedback, really, to Steve, was the event was fantastic. Actually, GW's up there with their kitchen and everything. It's amazing. Like, the food they had on, it was just... I'd like pork belly inside a sauce. It was just, like, oh, so, so legit. Um, so for next year, I think... I'm Wasn't actually... it
2: called... So, was, was I hope it was, like, called something a bit fruity, though, like, freaking... Ogre belly
0: no No, that's the the food in
2: Bugmans. Manticore spunk fucking sauce or something.
0: <laughs> oh I'd love a bit of manticore spunk sauce. No, um in in Bugmans they've all got Warhammer names, but in the cantina obviously it's just a guy going, What do you want to eat, mate? You know, I love the I love the pork belly, please. That's you know, it's a canteen. Um that's a spunk please, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> um yeah, so that was, you know, that, was a, that was a little bit of a highlight because people have said the food's improved. I'm like, that's weird because the food didn't really need to improve. Um, so they, they must have just invested money on in it, which is great. But the, the event was such a highlight. I enjoyed it with the lads so much that I think I'm going to drop from doing any of the heats next year. And I'm a big fan of the new format for the heats. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's literally like the top from each one of those events. Not like the top 25, like the, the top players in each one of those events get an invite to a special event where it's a knockout for the fans. Oh, okay. So it's really cool. But I would so enjoyed the campaign weekend and I've done Thrown Schools doubles in the past that I think I'm actually just going to do a couple of those next year instead and bring Jen up with me. So if you guys want to if you get your armies done and you want to rock along, I think that'll be a, a good shout as well. I think Steve's just put on a blinder. We, we, I didn't mention actually, we played Warcry and... All the custom stuff, so custom character cards, this, like, treasure deck and everything. It was all production quality of Warcry. It was amazing. Nice. It was just so immersive. It was great. Absolutely loved it. Um, and um, our faction didn't win, which is a shame. But I did win best unit. And what they're doing now is they're doing... So you can enter. You've got, like, your best hero. Basically, unit monster hero. Uh, they're like open categories so you can put your units in there but nowadays you don't have to actually enter things that are in your army oh okay so i actually rocked up with my Mortec guard popped them in the cabinet i put voc in for Get you bastard i put voc in for hero as well didn't win that one but i did walk away with best unit for my um for my Mortec Guard. so i was well pleased nice it was, de- it was definitely worth it um so yeah i would definitely say to people keep your eyes open for that one i'm hoping they kind of clarify a bit more with the campaign weekend the ethos of the event just so that those kind of little bits of those 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 issues don't happen again um and then finally, because it's fresh in my mind, um, actually had so Curtin Games, who's uh, worth mentioning right now, is one of is one of our sponsors. Um and they are just fantastic. Like I have so much dialogue with them. They've been building their local scene, they've been doing all these one-day events. So last weekend they had their two-day event um which is Sigmar First Blood. Fantastic. Um, the location is in a school, um, so nice, great, big, open room. wasn't too hot or cold. Plenty of room for the tables. Forty players. Um, they even had, so they actually do their own streaming. You know, we get Honest War Game and everything doing theirs. They do their own streaming as well. But it was quite cool. The top table was on it, like the stage at the front of the he- assembly hall, and they'd set up a projector which also projected the game up that was playing on the screen on the board behind them so, so nice. you, can see, you can kind of sit there watching kind of seeing what, what's going on and ran like clockwork um and the the hotel and everything so it's exeter so the hotel and everything was just down the road was brilliant uh, we had a really good night we didn't actually go out which is normally the case for a lot of the tournaments but we actually stayed and watched the boxing at the venue had some curry had a laugh the guys found this old skanky you imagine you're in like an, an assembly at school and you you got the bit at the front, and you lift something, you lift a bit of cloth or something. And there's an old sports trainer, you know, the kind of beige white crappy trainer you wore when you went to school as a kid because you needed something that wear that wears, and you know, it's not good quality stuff. Like a dap, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so. Tim Tim the organiser finds this it's kind of like a plimps old trainer he finds it, it's manky you could it's you know it's going brown you know around the horrible thing so yeah a couple of the guys start decided to do shots out of the shoes so they're actually drinking out of this manky trainer and it was so bad like the smell is i had to like i physically had to walk away and um, one of the lads, it was his birthday on the Sunday as well. And um, so they were drinking from it again. And I was just, it actually made me queasy. So on the travel on the way back, I was getting really car sick, especially because Chris had been drinking out of it and Steve herself. And just the smells coming out of their bodies from this, this shoe. And they were doing the award ceremony. And the, like anyone was going up who was drinking, they were like, shoe, 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 Getting him to drink from the. Oh, it's just, oh, God, it makes me all thinking about it. Um, but the okay. highlight of it, particularly for Steve Foot, if you're listening to this episode, is they were running a raffle. Now, um, i would taken a few of my merchandise, ProPaintedStudios.co.uk, um, up to the event to kind of uh, hand out and also donate to a raffle they were doing for, I believe it was Macmillan Cancer Support. And um, I put some ProPainted merch in there and bought myself some tickets towards the uh, towards the charity raffle. And I've been eyeing up another Feast of Bones box. I didn't really need it, but they had one. It's a great deal. Um, so oh, I thought, oh, wonder what I can do with that. So I said, how much it was? It was a good price as well. It was discounted on the day. So like, oh, this is this is pretty this is pretty appetising. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up a Feast of Bones. But they also had out. I don't know if you've seen it. They've done these uh, kind of box sets. Um, there's a Stormcast one, which has got like six lines in it five yeah. five evocators uh the little exorcist bro 10 sequiturs i was like, how much is that exactly the same price I was like, oh you know what that would finish off my stormcast army quite nicely put that back for me and um i'll pick that up afterwards as well and one of the guys goes ah we well, never know there's a feast of bones in the raffle you might win it so they did the raffle they started off doing the raffle, and you didn't pick your prizes. They started with the smallest prize upwards. So Paul Buckler straight up wins the first award, gets a cool little curtain dice, uh, curtain games dice, um, dice mat to roll on, and a bounty bar. So that's a pretty good prize. And they're going all the way through, and I get nothing. The last prize is a Feast of Bones box set, and they called out my number, and I walked home with a Feast of Bones box set. I was absolutely loving it. The simple fact that oh, I won the top I prize. used to be In Disguise. I used to be Felt like it. In Disguise. Felt like it. But it was great. I think they raised 460 quid for charity. Um, oh, that's um, good stuff. Fantastic. Good stuff, a bunch, yeah. A bunch of nerdy war gamers. And yeah, I was well happy. Got to walk home with a box of Easter bones. And I've got stuff to finish off my, my Stormcast army. Um, so yeah, that's, nice. so those, those events have been curtain. Are going to continue to do uh, their one day events going into next year. Uh, they'll be doing two days, including like a team event um and obviously if you you know if you're really enjoying what we're doing on pro painted you know you appreciate the fact that we're doing the rankings um you know even if you're a fan of what i'm doing with pro Painted studios please do go onto their website you know they are doing great prices they're great with postage so it's CurtainGames.co.uk and spend a bit of money with them use our discount code pro painted and uh, you know it, it just shows that association's working and you know we're doing a lot, and if you want to say thank you, then that's a good way of doing it. We're not going to open a Ko-Fi website or anything so you can send us money direct. Just, you know, help our sponsors. That's what they're there for. Um, so, right, that's a lot of what I've been up to. So, three events. Jesus, three events since we last recorded. Um. However, what I'm really keen to talk about is what your guys' impressions are on Slaves to Darkness. Don't rush.
1: Bob, um. I... Well, they're very. I like the way they've updated everything. But the re- it doesn't. Re- they've
0: done it, it doesn't really, really
1: well, right. Yeah, they've done it really well. I like. I love the way that they've incorporated like the old um, aesthetic of the Chaos Warriors, but just made them more dynamic. And the Chaos Knights are now like um, mini, like baby Varangard.
0: <laughs> baby Varangards. vanguard
1: Um I love. But that. It's, it's not. I can appreciate them, but they don't really float my boat.
0: Oh, OK. That's interesting. So th- I've always um, felt you're a bit of a, uh, a chaos fanboy. Uh,
1: no, not not undivided. I was more of a... Um,
0: you like your pure nergo. I
1: like it. I like you know, make a decision. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, OK. Oh,
1: don't, don't. It's like, do it or don't. Don't piss around. Right. You were you never know, a fan I'm, of Abaddon, then? Yeah, not no, not really. No. I'm, more of a, I'm more of a, you know, choose your poison and stick with it. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, so I can appreciate the the aesthetic, but, yeah, it's not really my cup of tea. No. Um, what do you think? Of it's the... Like, I, I, the other thing I was bit, like, a little bit surprised with is it's been really stalling to start collecting. Yeah. I which think
0: is, that's great.
1: Yeah, I think it's quite a, it's quite a, um, it's, a
2: it's quite a surprise. Right. There's, a, there's um, a couple of odd things about it, though, which I'll, I'll expand upon. No, go on. Um, no, no, go on, you carry on your... Um, it's, yeah, a little Oops. bit of a surprise, because you would have thought it'd just be,
1: um, I, cause I suppose it's, it's, a, it's, a new, it's a way to get, because one of the models is totally new.
0: That's the, 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 what, the... The the... The, the guy on Lord the... On, uh, the how Car... Car-cadrac, is it? That, I think that's pretty bang on, Carkadrac.
1: Um, so I assume he's filth. And <laughs> it's not. That um,
0: that's oh, not right, okay.
1: But I suppose the other models, they wouldn't necessarily sell as many because right. people got them already. So get them all into, as a bundle... So if anybody wants the new model, then they got to buy all the new models, which is quite clever, I suppose, but it's just a little bit of a surprise. Sure.
0: Well, the thing that surprised me the most about the release is, really, the old—not well, not the oldest, but the most dated-looking models. Let's be frank, are the Chaos Marauders, like on fur? Yeah. Those have not aged well. Mhm. But they've not been updated i actually genuinely thought when they announced that the war bans from Warcry are battle line options um that we would just wouldn't see marauders anymore but marauders are not only still in the book but seem decent it genuinely surprised me so i actually think this is possibly one of the first instances we've had of games workshop kind of kind of reaching out to the community of saying look we don't want to we don't actually want to invalidate your chaos army at all we don't actually want to invalidate the army you've chosen by completely replacing any models everything is it's purely in addition it uses everything with the exception of models that have kind of gone out you know character models that have gone out of the range um I, that's quite a, that's a new and interesting way of doing it of going everything that was a plastic unit the, you, you can use your chaos warriors with the new chaos warriors you can use your new your new Chaos knights with your old Chaos. you warriors. have to um you know that i i think it's quite i think it's uh, it's quite an interesting change. It's quite an interesting dynamic of instead of going, this is all now Yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah.
2: I'm
1: I'm just having a look. I'm up on the iPad.
2: I'm, I'm multitasking at the moment. Um, but the old war, cry, war, the Warcry Warbands can't yes. be battleline either, which is a bit of a pain.
0: Mm. Oh, they can't. Oh, never mind. Mm. Okay, I and, like, the,
2: off, off
1: my, and off the old the old Chaos Warriors are still current range. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, they, yeah. they 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 um they mm. fully expect you to to. Carry on using those and mixing the the new ones with them simply because the um, the other thing as well, um, and you know I, I'm on the uh, slaves to darkness WhatsApp group, so uh, there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's plenty of chat on there. Um, but the um, the start collecting chaos warriors don't come with uh, command group options. Obviously, there's a there's a sergeant for want of a better word, right? But no, but no banner or musician. Oh, that's interesting. That's um, so you have to you have to get the, the we don't have to get them because you can convert them using bloody whatever and there's bit sites out there and everything but I'd imagine the official GW line is you know you you still you buy you know you buy the start collecting box and perhaps buy a box of Chaos Warriors and that's your thirty Chaos Warriors because it's boxes of twenty now isn't it I think the Chaos Warriors as well they're not in boxes of twelve yeah. or whatever they could, yeah. came in before because they're on sprues of four. Yeah. So you'd, you'd get five. You'd get five sprues in the new box. Um, so yeah, the uh, I, I like I said the, the official line is that they, you're probably expected to mix and match a little bit.
0: Is that the same with the Chaos Knights then? Yeah. Oh really? Well, wow, that that surprises me because that actually, for me personally, makes their start collecting boxes just not appealing at all.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's. Uh, I mean, you know, again, you know, banners and. You know, horns or whatever. they you know, I, I don't think I don't think the intention is for to mix and match the chaos knights with the old knights because they're, they're 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 too far. Uh, and that's that, you know, the like Ian said, the chaos warriors. You know, the the cloaks and the it, just down to the, the the clasps on the cloaks and the belt buckles and the way the armor's sculpted. It's still the same. I don't know, for want of a better word, it's still the same mark of armor on a user. Going back to the Horus Heresy, it's uh, it's, it's still Mark II Chaos Warriors, for want of a better word. Uh, They're just, you know, they're they're thrown a bit more shapes, aren't they, than the the other guys who are obviously designed for your rank and flank game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I've got plenty of banners knocking about, and you know, if you wanted a bit more sort of up to date sculpts, then you know, checking a in checking a, you know, if you're having if you're warriors are marked corn, then you know there's banners from the skull crusher kit and you know, all that sort of stuff. And there's you know, even the banners from the de- you know, from the blood letters and all the rest of it would would be fine. Um and, you know, same goes for Zinches and, and the other, you know, easy to nick the banners off of the any you know, anything. Like you've got the demons there, you've got the demon range, haven't you, for your actual, you know, banner and 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 musicians or whatever. But, yeah, I, th- I think they fully expect the Chaos Warriors to be the same. I mean, if I was going to do Marauders, which I probably am my Nurgle part of Archeon's force, not to go too far off topic, but um, I was always going to convert them using the Poxwalkers and the old Marauder kits anyway. Um, but uh, the Spire Ty- Tyrant, Warcry Warband looks the closest to uh, you know a, a, a new you know they're sort of you know they're not overly themed you know not dressed as crows or wearing their fucking faces on their belts or you mm-hmm. know look like blooming zinch, sort of over the top zinch cults and optically themed you know they're you could, you could have, if you wanted yeah, undivided marauders and the spire tyrants are probably the, your best bet well, the, Sp-
0: the Spire tyrants you know, in in the background, they are they they are part of Archeon's army, basically. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's what they are. The others yeah. are, you know, they, they're an insight Wannabes. into these cults that exist yeah. on the periphery of, you know, not being... They, they worship these different aspects, which is what I one of the things I, I loved back when they had zinch You know, they kind of, um, back in the old world, they hinted at you know, these separate kind of entities, if you would. So those that worshipped, you know, Xinchin, is form of a crow. And that's where we've got, you know, we've got these gangs from now, which I, th- I think is awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, I, yeah. I, I yeah. really love that expanding on the visual depth, uh, you know, the, the, what you've got within within chaos. Um, yeah, yeah. There was something they, I, I always remember to this day where they talked about Warhammer Online when that came out because what the main protagonist in that was zinc. Um and they you know, they said, look, what you've got to understand about zinc is this isn't the case of, you know, this guy's just got a tentacle, this guy's just got a fish head. It's the idea that if you cut one of these guys, it's not necessarily blood's gonna come out, but fish will come out. You know, it's it's that far yeah. removed from reality. And it's something that I always like. So that's zinc at its core. And then you've got these different aspects that you can explore. And yeah, so definitely spire tyrants are if you took Archeon and Varangard and the New Chaos stuff and Spire Tyrants, you would have a very coherent-looking army.
2: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and the other other thing from uh, completely unrelated to the model release is their points change. So, um, obviously, Archeon's gone up by 140 points. Good for you. Um, uh, Well, it means having to admit uh, I was looking at my list and with just the Archeon points rise, it, um, my arm my army before it was 1980, so I had 20 points spare, and I obviously had a Fate Master that was 120 points. Yeah. So dumping the Fate Master, which is a shame because I, I had a cool conversion idea for him, but then obviously it frees up the conversion wasn't done, and he was going to be another character model, which would take us you know as long to paint as you know, potentially a unit. So that has actually know cut some time off of uh completing the army which is good um but then i know by the time the army is is sort of getting closer to completion there's each battle term will probably be updated and the gaunt summer will have gone up to the same or similar points cost to what he is in the the slaves to darkness now, which is two hundred eighty, which is a hundred point, hundred and twenty points more, um, hundred points, yeah. But the good thing is, is I I I did some quick math, and obviously the amount that he goes he goes up by, um, because my my battle line is ten pink horrors and two units of ten acolytes is to swap out the horrors for Chirocac- another and squad of acolytes. And you get a you you basically get a free um unit of pink horrors with the Gaunt Summoner because his spell, you don't need the Realm Gate anymore. So um you can just summon uh a unit of lesser demons for want of a better word, you get a choice. So you get a unit of free pink horrors with him. Um so it means I don't I don't have to paint a fate master, but I've got to paint another ten acolytes. <laughs> um and you know I mean round the roundabouts so. Yeah, so the amount of time it took me to do those fucking shields means I've got to do at least another seven shields or whatever it is for the for the unit, and do another volkark and all the rest of it. So it's kind of the uh, the the points changes changes giveth and the point changes taketh away. But it also means I get an extra unit to display, which is always always cool. And I've got I think I've got ten. Carricacklite spare on Spruce still anyway, so it does not mean I have to buy anything more. So
0: yeah, look, they're quite mm. financially speaking, they're quite a cheaper, cheaper of the armies to use. You know, yeah, to yeah. To, so um, to use for uh, the Carricacklite themselves. to acquire, yeah,
2: you know? yeah. So it's, uh, it's all good. I mean, I think I, I'm quite tempted. Obviously, we you know the, the, the long held project of having, you know, uh, bloody. You know, uh, uh, an army of Zech, army of Corn, Nurgle and Slaanesh to go alongside Arkhan. So it means that I'd, I'd kind of had those armies sort of uh, planned out as well. So it means revisiting them and sort of uh, tweaking them a little bit because obviously things like Hidden Hedonites I mean, depending on where they get, what they, what happens with the FAQ. But I, I don't think, um, obviously, but I think by the time, obviously, I get round to doing the Zech, uh, sorry, the Slaanesh, Corn, and Nurgle, portions of the Archeon army, there'll probably be a renewed S- Slaves to Darkness book and Archeon's points will change again. So, um, or, Can't or get they'll... away from
0: points changes, mate, if
2: you're unfortunately... No, exactly, yeah. yeah. Slow. No, no, exactly. And I think, you know, and it goes back to, you know, especially with the, with the majority of these armies, um, you know, you're always going to have to paint perhaps a couple of extra units anyway for summoning if you want to have a bit more fun in the game. And Absolutely. I was, ne- I was never going to paint a massive sort of summoning pool as we've sort of discussed on previous ones, I think it's okay to display an army with, you know, with your 2,000 points and perhaps one extra summoning, you know, maybe you know, like if you've got a herald on disc or, which is always going to be a thing that I was going to do for the Zeench one anyway, just have a little cheeky herald on disc that you can summon just to capture an objective or whatever Um, or, you know, bits and bobs for Sunash I don't think it's too much uh, to display one or two extra units with your army, but having a a summoning pool that's another two thousand points perhaps takes the piss a little bit, but um you know at least if you 're doing that you can you've got the you've got the models available to chop and change if prices go up and down left and right but
0: yeah I think it doesn't i think actually um it's an i think i think we covered it before, but talking about what to display when you 're doing a summoning, yeah, I think you actually end up shooting yourself on the foot if you do over display
2: yeah yeah hundred percent i mean do you remember do you remember the um it's, it's a quite a good example I can't remember the guy's name but do you remember at the Ming Votationals there was that guy with the uh, the Warriors of Chaos Army it was quite nicely converted he had like a Lord of a Chaos on Demonic Mount that was converted out of that Forge World guy on a Demigriff um, I can't say I remember him and he had he had bloody lo- he had like three Lords of Change and you know he had like he had about 6,000 points displayed because of all of the summoning and, and what not and it just did look really incoherent, you know, to, to look at. It
0: just doesn't but, seem like
2: um, an army when it's like that, does it? No, no, no. It's just a, your, your, your collection at that point, isn't it? So, yeah, I think, um, you know, the points changed and stuff will all come out in the wash, regardless of which way I end up going with it. But, um, yeah, I think that, you yeah, but moving on from that, I was I was thinking of perhaps doing, a, obviously, a fifth force um, as... Undivided. You know, undivided. So have, you know, there's um, you know, some Chaos Warriors and some Knights and Vax. I've got va- some Varengarde there and some bits and bobs and, you know, quite always, always like those models and it'd probably be quite a more, you know, sort of smaller and elite force. But, um, and that, do you remember the Chaos Warrior uh, conversion that I did with the uh, Varangard top body and the, Bottom bits of Stormcast and stuff. Yeah, I have I them um, for a short while. Yes, um, as as my impromptu uh, Fate Master. Um, but I thought they'd be quite good as Chosen, because they're a little bit bigger than the Chaos Warriors, um, you know, with the Varangard upper bodies and stuff. And Chosen seemed to be quite a cool uh, choice as well, with all the buffs you can give them and that. But um, they're quite expensive, and obviously, with Archeon going up in price, you don't get many toys in i think a couple of start collecting boxes and i was pretty much there you know with, with the fact that i've already got some Guard. so it'd be quite a cheap army to do but then you know you got all the black armor the edge highlight and all the rest of it it might uh you know wouldn't wouldn't be a quick thing but it's always something to consider in the future but again like ian said i think the um you know it's never the undivided stuff hasn't really Apart from the ever, cho- when the ever chosen stuff that came up because they were just such cool models with the Varangar and on himself, um, the undivided stuff's never really appealed to me. You know, and again in forty k, the Black Legion stuff. You know, with the new stuff that came out in that box set with the, you know, that dude on the, especially that dark Mechanicum guy on that sort of on that demon engine and the new Obliterators looked all cool and everything, but just the you just wanted you know, the, know the Marines. Yeah, I want I I want fucking Empress Children, mate. Do you know what I mean? That's what I want. Um That's uh, a bastard. Yeah, yeah, I cannot wait for that to go. And that, that was the other thing for um you know, going into next year. You know, obviously we'll probably talk about it in our sort of wrap up episode we do in the new year for for two thousand and nineteen for stuff that we're looking forward to, but um I kinda of, you know, I really wanna try and um I've got some ideas as to how I can fit in a bit more hobby time. Uh, it involves getting up a bit earlier and going to bed a little bit earlier. Um, so I can steal a couple of hours in the morning, perhaps. I'm oh, sure. Well, even if it's just getting up a bit earlier and you know, just doing mundane stuff and you know, stuff that doesn't perhaps take too much actual focus, but just doing stuff to – I'm quite an early riser anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so – Cox. Um so yeah I mean I don't know I don't know but that's that's things I, that we can talk about in our
0: I, did, of... I did it once I did, genuinely did it once in the past and it worked um, yeah back in 8th I was painting up my demon army uh, and it worked and I've not replicated it since not once and I've tried it a couple of times so kudos if you definitely do it
2: yeah I mean even if it's half you know even if it's I suppose half hours of it shit because you, you sort of by the time you you need an hour yeah you know you sit down and you, you've done them but yeah, even if it's just airbrushing a load of stuff, or if it's just putting washes on things, or if it's just, just the mon- just the, the mundane stuff. And, you know, even if it likes said, with washes and stuff that you can do, and then you're not having to sit around waiting for it to dry because you can come back and deal with it another time, you know? So, no
0: shame.
2: yeah, p- potentially uh, try and sort of streamline stuff and just, uh, you know, try and maximize my time and be as efficient as possible just so that. I can actually put the actual time that I've got in the evenings where I can sit down into the really cool stuff, the interesting stuff, you know?
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've not opened the book yet, so I'm looking forward to having a good read through that when it, when it, when it comes out and it definitely something that's appealed and you've got people like Les Martin, um, he's been cracking away at Archeon and he's, he's, he's obviously got an early release of some of the, um, new slaves units. So that kind of undivided alarm is definitely appealed. Um, but I think I'd probably just all slap pink on it. Yeah, it's nice for the win. Um, I think that's a pretty good time to um, kind of wind down the episode. I think so. I think January, as I said, we'll do a year in review. Um, I want to do a quick plug of my own, uh, so for Pro Paint Studios for all your all your token needs. So helping you not only uh, remember everything when you're playing your games of Age of Sigma, but uh, doing it with style. I like to think um, I. I'm actually closing the web store so the the well the web store will be open over Christmas however orders will not be processed from midnight on the uh 15th Sunday the 15th of this month um and actually i'm planning to get compatible slaves to darkness slaves to darkness tokens on the website on Saturday, so you'll literally have less than twenty four or uh, forty eight hours to get your orders in to be posted before Christmas, and that is to avoid the simple fact that obviously I make everything myself so it's all from scratch i'm not just sending out product so there's a three-day lead time and we have christmas which is notorious for things unfortunately going missing um so please do get your orders in it's propainterstudios.co.uk and if you do get your orders in by friday at midnight you'll get and it's over 30 pound excluding vat you'll get one of our magnetic 12 inch stick sets which gives you a nine inch stick a six inch stick and you magnetize them together to make yourself a nine to twelve inches which i'm sure all of the male listeners would appreciate that in real life um but that's free and it'll be custom engraved with your name from the actual order itself so just a quick plug for myself purely because um you know the website is going to be closed soon we'll still take orders but they won't be processed until the first week of january when i get back um any kind of final words from you two you you dirty rebels no no
2: no, no, I'm I'm good. Thanks for uh letting me ramble on again as usual. So it's so it's been a good episode. You should uh No, no. You know, obviously we can do the January one, so that yeah. should be that'll be coming in a couple of weeks' time and I think you know it'd be nice to uh, you know for all three of us now that we're back on the mic and obviously Ian's back back in the game as it were, to uh, do do them a bit more regularly as well. A
0: bit more of the old structures. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Awesome. So we'll call it there for now. But thanks for listening, and thanks for listening throughout the year. I know our episodes can be a bit sporadic, but I think I said it before, and people liked it, is that we do it when it suits. You know, it's we're not gonna we're not gonna burn ourselves out religiously putting out episodes of the podcast when the stars align and we're all in the mood. I think it pays off. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right, lads. Well, I'll let you go. Thanks for listening, and uh, you'll hear from us again in the new year. Bye. Bye. Bye.